In what was lightning speed in Pentagon terms, the new cybersecurity maturity model certification is out. So now what? My next guest has been following this project closely from the beginning. Here was an update. Law firm RJO partner Bob Metzger. And Bob, let's start with the last time you were here, and it was only a couple of months ago. We were talking about version .6 and .7, and what do you know? They came out with 1.0. Well, it is kind of amazing, Tom. Uh, They said that by the end of January, they would come out with the official release of the cybersecurity maturity model certification with the the practices and – processes that are supposed to be met by the entire defense industrial base. And they did. Well, is it a rough job or do they have a lot of development to do? Is it fully baked, I guess, as I'm asking? They have accomplished an incredible amount, but there is still a very long way to go between producing this volume that describes the processes and practices and then actually kind of putting it on the ground and having it uh, applied to contractors in real RFPs and having uh, assessors who are trained and accredited and having those assessments done. If you look at the schedule, Tom, you'll see that there's a a fairly long stack of concurrent activities that uh, are expected to occur this year. Well, for the whole system to work, more or less all of those activities have to get done. And if there's a delay or disruption to any of several activities, well, the whole thing could kind of slide to the right. It has been ambitious, and they've done more than many expected. But it remains ambitious, and we have a ways to go before we really see if this works. What do you think are the biggest gaps for what they've between what they've produced now and what they need to do to make this program really complete? Well, I'd say there are three things. Uh, The first is the assessor. The whole theory of CMMC is that companies are going to be assessed and they're going to be given a certificate as to what level of cybersecurity they've uh, demonstrated and had validated through assessment. Well, right now, we don't know how assessors will be picked. We don't know who they are. We don't know whether we have enough. We don't have an assessment guide for them or for the companies. We don't have a, a body to credit them quite ready. So that's number one. You've got to have the assessors for an assessment system to work. Uh, the second big issue is just, you know, how well can this be accommodated by the smaller and mid-sized businesses in the defense industrial base? Few of us should be worried about the big companies like Lockheed Martin or Raytheon. And most of the Middle-sized companies who depend on DOD are already working hard to have security. It's probably better than CMMC expects. But the purpose here is not just to protect those who already defend themselves well. It's to protect the whole of the industrial base, including innovators at the small and medium-sized level. And there remain a fair amount of questions as to whether whether this is affordable and whether there is enough flexibility in the way that CMMC works, that it will be practicable, not just in theory, you know, but on that ground. And then the last thing, if I may, is rulemaking. It was announced just a few months ago that uh, CMMC is going to require a new regulation, a change to the DFARS, and that there's going to be notice and comment rulemaking, Tom, which means the public's going to have a chance to express its opinions on this. There could be a lot of opinions, and not all of them are going to be favorable. 
And that rulemaking process could prove to be the very much longer poll in the tent than some might expect. We're speaking with Robert Metzger, partner at the law firm Rogers Joseph O'Donnell. And getting back to the small business question, if any contractor or subcontractor, or for that matter, sub to a sub, is holding government or military data, then really can their controls be reasonably expected to be somewhat easier or less comprehensive than those of a big prime contractor? Well, that's a great question. And that really is the heart of probably the most difficult challenge ahead for CMMC. From a security standpoint, it's widely accepted that our adversaries are interested in more than the big companies. They know where our innovators are located. They target those whose defenses are weaker. So we really can't give a free pass to small companies. On the other hand, as you get to smaller companies, the return on investment from good security goes down. And at a certain point, if it's more costly to you than your business can afford, you're not going to do it. And so you're faced with a choice potentially of leaving the defense industry, even if you have great stuff that DOD or the primes would want. And I don't think that problem is solved here. And part of the issue, frankly, is this sort of let's call it a one size fits all approach. What the way CMMC works today, Tom is that if you're expected to meet level three, that's the basic level for people who do DOD work, you're expected to meet it. Let's say that there are 120 individual practices. If you get 118 of those right at the time of assessment, you failed and you don't get that certificate. There's nothing in the system right now that allows a contracting officer or a prime to decide, well, I think you've done well enough for now. I'm going to let you work to close those gaps. I suspect that will have to change. Yes, because of the 120, say, controls, not all have equal value in terms of protection. Absolutely right. And yet there's really never been a study of the relative cost to value of each of those controls. So when NIST put out these standards quite a few years ago now, there were originally 110 practices for controlled unclassified information. And the theory was that a prudent business would be doing these already and they wouldn't prove too costly. Honestly, that hasn't proven to be true. They are costly. And many prudent businesses, especially the smaller and medium-sized ones, have done only a few of them or maybe a, a half of them. Well, you know, we don't really know of those 110 controls, which are most critical, which are most important to protect against adverse impact from an adversary breach. And we may have to study that because we may have to decide that we want these 85 and we've got to have them and we're willing to let the other 25 get done later. That's not in the system yet. In the meantime, before these things, even if they do get into the system, they're not there now in the whole assessment process, what should businesses do then in the meantime? They've got this 1.0 Right. There's no assessment system. What do I do? So it's really important that when uh, Undersecretary for Acquisition, Ellen Lord and and Ms. Katie Arrington, Kevin Fahey, when they did their press conference on January 31st, they were they were especially intent to communicate that the rollout would be gradual. There's going to be about 10 pilot programs this year, Tom. There's only going to be a few contracts that see this requirement in an RFI this summer. There may be only 20 or so that will have it in an RFP late this fall. That's not really very many when you're talking about tens or even several hundred thousand contractors will be affected. So we have some time. 
But to get to your question directly, companies should not wait. I mean, it's pretty clear from this binder of the CMMC practices and processes that companies need to be moving in the direction of getting those things done. They've got a little more time than many may fear, but it would not be prudent to wait around until somebody calls you and says, you're going to get assessed. You've got to get started on it now. And that's valuable, I think. Bob Metzger is a partner with the law firm Rogers Joseph O'Donnell. As always, thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.